Hello and welcome to today. In 1986, the Voyager becomes the first aircraft to fly around the world without being refueled aerially or on the ground. It flew nonstop. You thought your flight was rough. The Soviets occupy Kabul, Afghanistan in 1979. Their stay is reportedly peaceful and full of fun and rockets and explosions and death. And in 1954, the world's first successful kidney transplant is performed. Go humanity! But today we're going to talk about something glorious. So let's set the stage here because nothing in this thing is going to make sense unless I actually give you this background. Prior to the events we're going to talk about today, Charles I was king of the British Isles. He was nominally a Protestant as he was head of the Church of England. However, he made moves to unify the church. Charles bought into the idea that the king is the true head of the country, in all shapes and forms, and as such, an absolute monarchy is key. This kind of absolutism often includes religious control, and his reforms gave off some very dismaying signs to the people of his kingdom. Why were they dismaying? Because his attempted reforms were smelling a little Catholic. Now. Charles I would be overthrown, but not before starting a revolt in Scotland over his religious reforms, and starting a revolt in England over the whole centralizing thing. A revolt would also start in Ireland, but that's because it's well Ireland. They really didn't want this to begin with. The revolt would see Oliver Cromwell come to power and his son fall from power before a new king could come to power. Charles II, as he would be known, made overtures to the Parliament that were very reasonable. Finally, a king they could work with, and so they did. And Charles II became well, Charles II. Now, his reign is relatively unimportant, so I'm just going to go ahead and skip it and finally get to the good stuff. But I had to establish why his predecessor was overthrown, namely the religious issues the country was having with him. When Charles II died, his brother James II became king. This is good or bad, depending on your point of view. James II was an open Roman Catholic, a Roman Catholic ruling over a Protestant nation. This sounds like the recipe for a long and glorious reign, or not? James then proceeded to more or less crack down on the population. James' reign was not popular, but hey, at least he doesn't have a son. If there was no son, then when he dies, it goes back to a Protestant. Woohoo! James II put in place the Declaration of Indulgence. This suspended laws placed on the government that prohibited dissenters, but plainly. James made oppression legal again. He then ordered these rules read in church on every pulpit. He could do this because, hey, the King of England is the head of the Church of England. Never mind, the Church of England is Protestant and he is Catholic. He ordered the Declaration be read twice in a row. This led to the Archbishop of Canterbury and several other bishops to petition against him, aka dissent against his rule. Now this went over fantastically. James saw the light, and he gave up being a douche and allowed for religious freedom to rule over the Isles. Hence, why it's called a glorious revolution. <laughs> Just kidding. The other thing happened. The bishops were prosecuted for libel. They were acquitted, of course, but at the same time as the acquittal, James had a son, which means an heir, who would be Catholic. If you can't see the writing on the wall, that means that James' policies could continue for the foreseeable future. It was one thing to have one Catholic king, but another to have a Catholic dynasty. Malcontents in the kingdom sent word to William of Orange for aid. 
Now, William of Orange was more or less the leader of the Netherlands at the time, so he was just a boat ride away. Literally, if you don't know your geography, the Netherlands is on the other side of the English Channel. Up to this point, by the rules of succession, William's wife Mary would have been next in line for the throne. But with James having a kid, this kind of throws everything overboard. William heard the plea, and after a boat ride was in England, it just got real. William marched on London, and on his way picked up more and more support. James saw this and freaked out. He fled the kingdom and gave up his throne. Not a shot fired. This is key. Normally with these sorts of things, there is bloodshed. Not here. Not today. No blood was shed. James left the Isles for now and lived his life. This was glorious. In fact, it was the Glorious Revolution. See what I did there? And it's just not just glorious for that. I mentioned earlier the whole overthrowing of Charles I thing. Yeah, that was a 20-year period. It was a long time. That included a lot of civil wars and a lot of bloodshed. There was a huge military buildup. Like, the entire Isles was militarized. So the fact that there was a change in king without bloodshed, without shots being fired, no death, no destruction, no endless civil war, really is glorious. William and Mary ruled as co-rulers for a while, but because James was effectively ousted for being a Catholic, this meant that royalty was not just because, so to say. This had the effect of the monarchy being a social contract, something that ruled only because it was allowed to. It, in effect, made Parliament the law of the land. A bill of rights was passed. This made no Catholic able to be royalty, but it also had the possibility of an absolute monarchy impossible. The monarchy had set powers. This is a big step towards the constitutional monarchy that the United Kingdom is known as for today. It's a shame it had to be made because of religious differences, but hey, take what you can get. William and Mary ruled for a while. Mary would die and then William would die. Anne, daughter of James, but raised Anglican, would rule after them. James would take another stab at being king by attempting to take over Ireland, a Catholic nation, but given that Ireland doesn't become independent until the 20th century, you can kinda see how well that worked out. James had a shot at becoming king of Poland, of all places, but turned it down because he had the stupid idea that he'd be king of England at some point. He would die in exile in 1701. So that's all I have for you today. Come back tomorrow where we swing back across the pond to the United States and we talk about something that is pure evil. Like there's there's no getting around it. It is pure, unadulterated evil. Something that still is remembered as a black mark on the United States today. As always, if you have any questions or concerns, you can email me at todayhistorypodcast at gmail.com and have a good day. Mm-hmm.